Thank you, Roger. I appreciate that prayer this morning. It is local evangelism month, and I'd ask that you open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. That's where we will be together this morning. This morning we'll be reminding ourselves of the importance of the gospel in the world in which we live. Uh, It is no more important today than it was a week ago, and yet, in some ways, when we look at the world around us, it seems like it is perhaps of even more importance. But the gospel always has been, and always will be, the most important issue in our life and in our culture. And if you're like me, and hopefully you're not, it's easy to get distracted and get sidetracked and and go on all these little tangents in life. And we need to never lose sight of the fact that the gospel is the most important thing. And we need to stop chasing after lesser things. And so I hope to remind us from God's word this morning the importance of having a gospel focus, which is our theme for the month. So if you have your Bibles open to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we'll be reading verses 1 through 5, where it says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Let me pray quickly. Father, that is our heart's desire here this morning, that you would show us your word, that you would teach us, and that we would solely rely on the gospel and on your word, which is the power of God in us. Teach us this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The first thing I want us to see this morning is that gospel focus requires us. It requires us to seek out gospel ministry. It will not happen accidentally. Verse 1 starts out with, And I, when I came to you, And in verse 3, Paul continues when he says, And I was with you. You see, gospel ministry must be a priority in our lives. Everyone in this room and those watching online right now are very busy people. We have a lot of things going on in our lives at every moment. Every day there are a thousand things crying out for our attention, crying out for us to deal with, things that we have to work with, people we have to work with, things that we have to address. There's all sorts of things going on in our lives every day. But if the gospel is the good news, if it's truly the best news ever, then we must make it a priority to share with others. You see, I think, in theory, most believers are willing to talk about Jesus. But they expect it to be easy. They expect it to be a rich young ruler kind of conversation where God just drops somebody out of the sky and they walk up to us and say, what must I do to be saved? But that's not how it happens in our culture 
very often. In our world, people are not even thinking about spiritual things. They're, they're not wanting to have spiritual conversations because they're oftentimes not even on the radar of spiritual life. You and I have to do the awkward thing. We have to do the hard thing. We have to be willing to go out of our way to seek out people to talk with them about the gospel. We have to pursue those kinds of of conversations. We must go to them. But like most Americans, we oftentimes seek a life of ease. We seek out leisure. We want to take it easy. We want to live the easy life. So we must be willing to make sacrifices, sacrificing our time, sacrificing our energy, doing things and investing in places where we know we will rub shoulders with those who don't know Christ, as Mike talked about in his ministry uh, through band. We, We must purposely go out of our way to place ourselves in the lives of those who don't know Christ. Because if we don't invest time praying for and prioritizing and seeking out gospel opportunities, we will rarely find ourselves in gospel conversations with unbelievers. If you don't look for it, if you don't seek it out, if you don't go to them, it will not happen. Paul went to the Corinthians. Paul went to the Galatians. He went to the Ephesians. He spent his life seeking out people who did not know the good news of Christ. And you and I must continue to do that today. You see, Paul did that because he was compelled to preach the gospel. We must have a sense of urgency for the gospel message. Just like we must go out of our way to people We must also go out of our our way to focus on the message of the gospel. It's not just that we have to go out of our way to go to them. We also then must be very purposeful about going out of our way to talk about the gospel with them. We have to have a sense of urgency for the gospel message. We should want to go to them and share the gospel. Now, I'm dating myself, but hopefully there are some people in this room who are familiar with the redneck Canadian television show, The Red Green Show. I know some young people like to pick that up too, but the prayer that they pray at the end of the Possum Lodge is, and if you know it, say it with me, I'm a man, but I can change. If I have to, I guess. I know there's more of you that know that than than who share But unfortunately, there's so many of us that that's the way that we respond in our Christian lives. Well, I'm a Christian, and I can share the gospel if I have to, I guess. That's not the right way to approach the gospel. We have to go out of our way, and we have to have a sense of urgency to not just go and be with people, but to to share the good news of Christ with them. Paul, Paul pursued those kinds of relationships. He pursued those kinds of things. Where is our drive? Where is our excitement? Where is our sense of urgency about getting excited to share the good news of Christ? Because the people out there need to hear it. The people in here need to hear it. This world is a mess. Do we think anything other than Jesus is going to fix that? There should be a sense of urgency, the sense that Paul had. 
In Romans chapter 1, verses 14 through 15, before Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile, which was mentioned several times last week, Paul says this, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. I'm under obligation. Do we have that same sense of eagerness? Do we have the same sense of obligation? Or are we like the kid in the back of the class who's saying, oh, please don't, don't look up. If I make eye contact with the teacher, they're going to call on me. Oh, don't look up. If, if I see this person who doesn't know Christ, then I'll feel like I'm obligated to, to share with them. We should, we should be obligated. We should want to go to them. We should be the kid in the class waving our hands saying, pick me, pick me, I want to go. I want to talk to people about Christ. But I'm a man and I can change if I have to, I guess. I pray that God would grow this eagerness in us, this, this desire, this, this gospel unction. That's not even a word we use anymore. Google says that's an archaic word. I actually looked it up. Google said uh, unction, gospel unction is an archaic phrase. And unfortunately, in our culture, sharing the gospel and having a sense of urgency to share the gospel does seem archaic. And so we have to pray for, and we have to seek out people, and we have to seek out the opportunity to share the message of Christ with them. It should be a burning passion inside us that we must share with others. Paul said it in a different way in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. He said, For I preach the gospel, and that gives me no grounds for boasting. It's not about me. For necessity has laid it upon me. Woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. Necessity has laid it on me. I have no other option than to share the gospel. Woe to me if I don't do it. Paul couldn't imagine a life where he wasn't sharing the good news and the hope of Jesus. He says, this need to preach, that was laid on me, and woe to me if I don't do it. Is the gospel our burning passion? Is it our deepest hope? Is it our desire to share it with others? But it's also important, like, like not only does Paul have this desire, it, it's, a, it's a desire to proclaim. He came to preach the gospel, to proclaim the good news, and woe if he didn't preach it. Paul made sure he had a gospel focus. There were so many issues with the Corinthians church, right? If you've read First and Second Corinthians, you know the, the mess that their church was in at times. They were dealing with favoritism, they had power struggles, they had rival leaders, they, they, they had incest, prostitution, marital issues, divorce problems, and so many more problems. It almost sounds like our culture. It was a mess. And Paul did address all of those things, but he always made sure that he addressed the gospel first and foremost. In every church, in any church, there's always going to be things that we have to address. But nothing can make the oppression and the change and the impact that the gospel can. Paul decided to know nothing among the Corinthians except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Yes, he, he talked about all those other things. But he talked about all those things in light of the hope of the gospel. And when we lose our gospel focus, it's so easy to get sidetracked. So we must maintain a sense of urgency to go to people and to focus on the gospel message with them. 
We must prioritize sharing the good news because it's only the gospel that can truly heal, restore, and save people from their sins. Maybe you're here this morning and or watching via live stream, and, and, and you find yourself not sure what the message of the gospel truly is. It's, it's actually quite simple. God created us and placed us in this world that was perfect. And, and he made mankind the, the jewel of his creation to have a relationship with him. But man sinned. And from that time, all of us are born into sin, and we choose sin. We choose to do our own thing. We choose to rebel. We, we choose that my way and my, uh, my thoughts are better than God's ways and God's thoughts. The opposite of what Roger prayed when he was up here. We choose repeatedly our own thoughts, desires, and ways. And so our sin separates us from God. And there's nothing that we can do. In fact, every religion around the world chooses to try to to make amends, to make peace, to earn God's grace by doing things and praying a certain way and giving and, and, and all of these religious activities. But God demonstrated His love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's nothing that you or I could do to earn or merit salvation. It is a work of the Holy Spirit in us. And though our sin separates us from that righteous and holy God that we sang about, His grace, His mercy, and forgiveness, when He comes into our life and indwells us with His Holy Spirit and unites us with Christ, we are now sons and daughters of the King. When we look at our world around us, it's easy. We see all the the effects of sin. We see these things. But there's nothing that we can do to fix that brokenness other than the gospel, by believing that Jesus is truly who he said he is, that he came, lived a perfect life that we couldn't live, died on the cross, not for his sins, but for ours, and that when he rose again, he demonstrated power over sin and death and the grave. And and by faith in what Christ has accomplished on the cross for us, we have forgiveness and redemption because God demonstrated his love for us in this while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him, when we put our faith in Christ, when he indwells us, we might become his righteousness. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 21. That is the gospel. And when we know it and we understand that we are saved, we are born again. And the Bible tells us that we'll never be separated from him. That's the good news that we have to share with the world around us. That message is worth us focusing on. Because nothing that the world tells these people who are lost and hurting can change their eternal destination. We must have a burning passion to share that good news with others. But we can't just stop with urgency. Gospel focus requires us to rely on God's wisdom, not our own. Paul states in verse 1 that he did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And he continued in verse 4, And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest on the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The wisdom of God is more than simply believing the right things, It is transformational. 
The wisdom of God is not just an intellectual pursuit. It's, it's, it's a belief that completely changes who you are when the Holy Spirit indwells you. You might be the smartest person in the room at any given moment. But we are not trying to win intellectual arguments or debates with people. You might be able to talk circles around people who don't know anything about what the Bible actually says. But that's not what we're supposed to do. Please don't misunderstand me. Apologetics are very important. In January, we have a brilliant apologist who's going to come and and help us to elaborate and be able to make the pro-life argument effectively in our culture. In Scott Klusendorf, apologetics are very important. But they are not the goal is to try to win arguments. Our goal, as those who have been redeemed, should not be simply to convince the broken world around us to try to live a moral life. It has to be about so much more than that. If we use plausible words of wisdom to convince people that sex outside of marriage is adultery, that homosexuality is sin, that gossip and anger are an affront to God, but if we don't address the need for forgiveness and repentance, if we don't don't talk to them about their, their need for Christ and His atoning sacrifice in their life, we're doing them a disservice. Because while all those things are true, and we profess and live by the truth of God's word, but convincing them of those truths will not save them. It's not enough in and of itself. It's not enough to convince people that God loves them. It's not enough to contribute money to the homeless. It's not enough to show people a better way to live. Those things are good, but none of those things will save them. D.A. Carson sums up that thought in this way. He says... It's not that the peripheral issues don't matter. It's that they only come into focus when we are centered on the gospel. All those things are important for us to talk to people about. But, but the, the real issues behind all of those things that I just mentioned there are all gospel heart issues. It's the sin that separates us from God and we must help people to see their need for Jesus. The gospel is the issue that brings all those things into focus. And it's only when we center our lives in conversations on the transformational power of Christ that we have anything to offer a hurting world around us. The gospel is the power of God. And we need to truly believe that and we need to have the urgency to share that and we need to not try to veil it with lofty words and our human wisdom and all of those different kinds of things only the gospel transforms us from within so when we're talking to people in the world around us simply trying to convince them that that we're right about some minutia in the bible or or some very important doctrinal difference if we're trying to convince them of those things, and, and in fact their marriages are hurting, and financially they are, they are hurting, they're, they're causing family struggles, there's, there's addiction issues, they're overspending, there, there's so many things that, that people are, are hurting about. But if we're focusing only on those things and we don't get to the gospel, we're doing them a disservice. If we only offer them God's plan for parenting, if we only offer them 10 steps to a godly marriage, if we only offer them, them these keys to financial victory, we're putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. 
Corinth was not completely dissimilar to our culture. It was filled with all sorts of teachers and philosophers who were sharing their quote-unquote wisdom. And you can go to Amazon and you can find a million books on how to have a better marriage. And you can go to Amazon and you can find all these plans for financial stability. But Paul said, I'm not coming to help you find the right wisdom, to believe the right things. I came here to share Jesus with you. Because Jesus is the only thing that will change all those things. And that needs to be our focus. To know nothing amongst our neighbors except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Yes, we want to minister to hurting marriages. Yes, we want to minister to those who are hurting financially. Yes, we want to, hurt to, the down, we want to uh, help those who are hurt and downtrodden. But we need to take the message of Jesus to them. Because if we're not purposefully and intentionally gospel-focused, it's really easy for us to get sidetracked on all these doctrinal nuances or, or what does the Bible say about this? And we need to instead focus on the gospel. This is what distinguishes genuine, active, gospel-focused faith from therapeutic de- deism or anything else that the world might have to offer. It is the hope of Christ that changes anything. It's the gospel. And when the Holy Spirit is indwelling the heart of us as believers, He allows us to overcome sin. He allows us to live a life of disobedience. He allows us to then help people to address all those other sins and brokenness in their life. But it has to come from the Holy Spirit working in them. In Titus chapter 2, verses 11-12, through we read this. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. You see, too often we're, we jump to the end of that verse with the people around us and we, we try to help them to, to live the godly lives and to, to do all those things and be trained in godliness. But we can't miss step one. And step one is Jesus. Step one is the gospel. Step one is faith in Christ. That is what brings salvation and then trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. Don't start with the end. Start with Jesus, because he is the beginning of everything. So when we have the opportunity to interact with others, we should be sharing God's word with them. We should be sharing the gospel with them. Not Chad's plans for better life in the next 30 minutes, or your plans. The gospel will transform lives, but it starts and ends with Christ. But it's not only what we share, it's it's how we share it as well. God's wisdom comes from God's word, not man's means. As a church, we don't believe in gimmicks and fads and, and tricks. We don't think that's necessary for gospel ministry. Instead, we desire to accurately teach and preach God's word at every level to Everyone, because God's word carries with it God's power. God's word carries with it God's power. And so we teach God's word. And, and that's, that's why you hear us oftentimes say that we proclaim and, and believe in the power of expositional preaching, of taking God's word and, and, and expounding on what the message of the text is. Because that helps us to understand God's word. And we believe that that is sufficient for teaching and preaching. So in light of that, I ask all of us, why is it different for us on Monday through Saturday than it is on Sunday? 
Why do we think a clear presentation of God's Word is good for Sunday mornings, but it's not good for our conversations that we have in Kroger or Speedway? Unfortunately, I think we often soft-sell God's Word with unbelievers, and we we feel like we need to to, to dress it up a little bit for them. Three easy steps to, 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 to knowing Jesus. Instead of just simply sharing the Gospel with them. When people come to us with their worries, their problems, their fears, do we share our wisdom with them? Or do we share God's Word with them? Do we... Think of all the, the wonderful examples that we can share from people in our lives, or do we desire to, to share nothing amongst them except Jesus Christ and Him crucified? When in doubt, share God's Word. I found myself in walking away from conversations where I've debated with an unbeliever about little nuances of things. And then I walk away and I say, you know what? Even I convince them of that. They still don't know who Jesus is and what he's done for them. Sometimes we get too distracted with being smart, being right, knowing my stuff. I can convince others. And instead, we, we lose, and, and when we do that, we lose sight of sharing the gospel hope with people around us. You see, living our lives with gospel focus won't be easy, but that's why we need regular reminders from one another. Our last point this morning is that gospel focus requires us to rely on God's strength, not our own. Genuine gospel ministry happens when we get out of the way and allow the power of God to work. Look back at verse 3. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. No one can accuse Paul of human weakness. He endured shipwrecks and prison and lashes and beatings and house arrest and he continued to boldly preach the message of Christ. He wasn't full of weakness and fear in that sense. Paul knew that, humanly speaking, he had nothing to author the Corinthians. That's where he came in, in fear and weakness. He said, it's not I, as we sang about, but Christ in me that you need to hear about. And that needs to be our focus as the people of God as a, and as a church. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Verses 9 through 10. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul said, it's not about me. It's not about the plausibility of my arguments. It's not about my wisdom. It's about Jesus. So does that mean we shouldn't be dynamic or engaging when we share the good news of Christ? No. Paul was eloquent, and and he was effective. He he knew his audience, and, and he knew how to become all things to all people so that he might reach some. But he didn't make the focus on himself and his own self-confidence in what he had to offer. He always, consistently, focused on the message of Christ and him crucified. And that's what we must do as well. But if we're going to do that, you and I must realize that gospel ministry requires honesty and transparency. 
true, genuine, genuine, effective gospel ministry requires you and I to step back and daily be reminded of our own need for Christ. We need to constantly be reminded that if it weren't for Jesus, I would be a lost sinner. And then when we go to others, we, we go with humility. Not to share with them how we turned our lives around, but to share with them how Christ has turned our lives around and how I am in desperate need of Jesus each and every day. But if we can't be honest with ourselves and address those things in our lives, we'll never be able to honestly communicate the gospel message to those around us. And we'll never be willing to risk anything that we have for the gospel. But you and I must be gospel-focused. This is not going to happen accidentally. So every single one of us needs to honestly examine ourselves. Do I have a gospel focus in my life? Do I actively seek out relationships with people that don't know Jesus? And do I purposefully, actively, with unction, share the gospel message with them and have the urgency regarding the gospel? Do I rely on God's wisdom, strength, and means and not my own? Or do I think that if I have everything tied up into a nice little bow, that people will put their faith in Christ? You see, at an individual level and as a church, we must be better at having a gospel focus. And we must go and seek people out with the gospel so that it could be said of us that we decided to know nothing amongst our community than Christ and Him crucified. That Jesus was the focus of what we were offering people at First Baptist Church. Are you willing to do the awkward thing, the hard thing, and to seek people out? If so, then there's a chance that someday they could come to Christ. Their faith will not rest on you and your words and your wisdom. Their faith, their eternal salvation will rest on the power of God. That's what we need to be willing to share. That's the focus that we need to have. That's the only way that this hurting world around us is going to come to Christ. That's the only way their marriages will be truly healed. That's the only way their burdens will be relieved. And that's the only way that they will have hope in this dying world. So you and I who know that truth must be willing to have a gospel focus and share that truth with others. Let's pray. Father God, we admit that there are so many times that we lose sight of the gospel in our lives. There are so many times when we lose focus. It's easy for us to get sidetracked. It's easy for us to get caught up in having discussions filled with wise words and lofty wisdom. Father, I pray that you would help us. Help us to focus on the message of Jesus. The message of Christ is the only thing that can save me, that can save us. And it's the only thing that has the power to save the world around us. So help us to boldly seek out those relationships, have an urgency to share the gospel. And I pray that we would see fruit that you are at work 
because we know you have the power to save. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.